Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Sunscrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas, here on Thursday, November 5th, 2020. Sorry for the one-day delay. I lost track of time. And since I don't get paid for this, um, yeah, I don't have anyone scheduled to follow. Uh, so anyway, today we'll go into breaking down UFC fight night. Jago Santos versus Glover Teixeira, a fight that's been long in the making as far as I think Jago got COVID and then they had to cancel it and move it to another date. Now it's got its own main event. It was going to be the co-main event of, I think, Izzy versus Costa. I think that's what the main uh, co-main was going to be. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, here we are, though, and... We finally get this fight, and there's a couple of other good fights on the card as far as, you know, you got Ian Heinish returning. The co-main event, there's not really much to break down. Um, so most of the breakdowns is just going to be based off of the Chiago versus Glover Teixeira fight. But before we do that, remember to go check out Sunscrap Nation on all podcast locations. That's including... Uh, the podcast app, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And then you can go to all of the all social media platforms. Sorry, I'm trying to find this. Uh, never mind. Um, all, all social media platforms, iTunes, or uh, sorry, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm trying to find, they have a, City Kickboxing has a fighter who is one of Israel Adesanya's training partners, and he's been in the news recently as far as MMA news, and I was just seeing if he was making a UFC debut. It doesn't look like he is, uh, so I was just looking at the upcoming fights, and it doesn't seem like there's, but UFC 255 is pretty stacked, even though you have the return of Joaquin Buckley. Even though, you know, it's two small divisions. It's fly the flyweights, flyweight championships. But, I mean, Shogun versus Paul Craig, too. The return of Brandon Ravola. Alan Joban's making a return. A lot of good fights. All right. So let's get back to that one. And it's going to be at 7 that this... Oh, no. No, it's a late card. Damn, damn it. I liked it better in Abu Dhabi because they would do, like, 5 o'clock fights. And I was like, yeah. Now it's back to 10. Back to 10. Um, okay. So, let's go over... Oh, 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 oh. Okay, so... The guy that fights for City Kickboxing, Carl Carl's Oldberg, was on the Dana White Contender Tender series, and he's from City Kickboxing. Oh, and he oh, and that's Oliveira, who Bruno Oliveira, who are both kickboxers. Bruno Oliveira's from ATT, and he was brought in for um, who had him for kickboxing. Boxing from ATT. 
I mean, anyone that needs a kickboxer, for example. If you need a long, lanky kickboxer, you bring in this guy. So, yeah, dude. So, I mean, it's, it's an easy finish. It's a step back, left hook. So what you do, I'm explaining. So Carlo, Carlos, Carlos Olberg, um, you lean forward on the left foot or on your lead foot. You lean forward. You lean your head forward. You present your head as an easier target. That, in turn, usually baits your opponent to overcommit on a strike because all you do is lean back, but your only real weapon is going to be a left hook. You can lean back and try to throw a right hook, but the distance between your opponent's lead arm and your rear arm is... I mean, he's gonna get he's gonna get it back before you connect. So the left hook is always the one that's not always, but is the majority of the time available. So you bait them. It's a pull counter. You hear it a lot. Which fight did we just have? Anderson versus Uriah Hall was a pull counter matchup. It was just one waiting to throw and the other one waiting to counter. This is one of those situations where the opponent. Overcommits on the jab, allowing Carlos to parry. And Oliveira is, I mean, he's boxing heavy on that jab. He's all the way in. And Carlos gets to parry and pull that, pull that lead hand, allowing that, or like pulling that lead hand forward, allowing him to pull and counter, where he pulls his back and throws that left hook over the top. And Oliveira is completely square right here. And that just, it's allowed him to, he hits him with the left, and then he hits him with the left again. The initial shot stuns him, so he goes back and hits him with another left. Boom, boom. And then it's a left, right hook. Um, Oh, wow. And then Bohamadis, uh rear front kick someone in the face. That was Anderson Silva-esque. That was nice. I like that kick. It's, uh, it's another one where you lean forward, giving misinformation, and you throw that oh, – time that perfectly. And you throw that rear snap kick. Damn, it was a night of rear kicks. Murdoch. Damn. Dana White Contender Series looking nice. But anyway, yeah. Oh, man, my wrists are killing me. Forearms. I don't know. So, congrats to those guys on the Dana White Contender Series. Number four. Okay, so Kevin Lee finishes his skull tattoo. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's hard. Like, I would never get a tattoo like that. I'm wondering if he's going to connect it to his back tattoo, but damn. It's like the back of his head all the way down his neck. Paulo Costa saying he was injured during the fight, but of course...
Um, oh, peck gate. Okay. Because of his left peck or his right peck. Peck gate. No, I don't have an update. Adesanya said my, my pituitary gland was checked. Hormone levels are fine. Estrogen and testosterone. Yesterday we had an ultrasound and mammogram. I had one for the first time. To be honest, it might have just been unhealthy living a little bit. It's like smoking weed. That's what the doctor from the UFC said. He said, I need to stop, but I'm not stopping. I'm just going to slow down on the smoking weed. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things like unhealthy living, not, uh, and then just being lazy. And I think it ha it's a fat deposit. It's calmed down. It, it said it's just a fat deposit. I mean, but after a performance like that, I did, like, I think I was on steroids too. Um, yeah, it, it makes sense. He just there was a time where Adesanya wasn't fighting, and guess what fighters do when they're not fighting and doing anything? They're fucking around. They're eat. I mean, if you didn't follow what he was eating during the quarantine, he was eating like a burger. He would eat a burger, and then he'd eat like a pizza in the same. Like, obviously, he's a world class athlete, so he burns a lot more calories. But if you're not working out as much, and then you're smoking weed, playing video games, being lazy, um, it makes sense. It's it, you could look at Earl. I think yeah, Earl Spence. He was another one that, in the boxing community, everyone was freaking out because he had a case of that. But it was just during, during quarantine. A lot of these fighters are just fat kids. At the end of the day, they get into a sport where it allows them to eat a lot because they're constantly training and they're, you know, Olympic quality, caliber athletes. So, when you don't have that outlet, but you continue the unhealthy living. Yeah, that's why some people, some fighters don't ever fall into that. Like the Diaz brothers are very good with not doing that because they smoke, they smoke weed, but they also balance it out with running all the fucking time and da 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 da. I mean, I fall more into the Israel Adesanya category. When there was nothing going on, I become fat kid, revert to those times, and I don't have an outlet. So, I understand. I get it. But I get the other part of not smoking, not stopping smoking weed either. <laughs> Just got to slow it down a little bit. Not even really slow. I mean, what's slowing it down unless the weed's not the... I mean, we could be the issue, but I think it, it's the what comes with it. I think it's the laziness, the eating, if you smoke too much of it. Also not a doctor, so I'm gonna reiterate that. I'm not a doctor. I do this for God's sakes. Alright. UFC Khabib put up a post honoring his father. Uh Diego wants to fight Dan Hardy. And he goes, if Dan Hardy wants to com wants his combat death to be by me come on dan just ask i'll give you the warrior's death you desire dan hardy goes you're a funny guy diego sanchez i can't help but feel bad laughing at you though when it's clear that you need serious psychological evaluation was calling me out your own idea or did you help did you get help 
from a mystical yoga teacher guy that you keep in your pocket. My peeps follow my mission. Fuck all you hate. This is all Diego. I'm um, lying, roaring. What I know will break the internet at Notorious. Let's go. Then if you really want to come get it, my reptile eats your weak-ass serpent. I would prefer a Legends fight, but if I got to go another 26-year-old, bring it on. Cowboy Salami, I'm in. Maya, goddamn. Diego going crazy, going crazy online. Damn, it is a short week in MMA. Dude, it is a slow week in the MMA world. And then Steven World and Boy Thompson versus Jeff Neal was announced, so that's awesome. Finally. You know, finally. Of course Dana White is unconcerned that Biden winning could mess up the UFC. They have an island in Abu Dhabi where they could just be like, well, I guess we're just going over there then. Oh, also... Tonight, I think, is Bell Tour 251, and that's Corey Anderson's debut against Melvin Manhoof. So, Elite Striker versus. And what we've seen from Corey Anderson, he has been clipped by left hooks. And Melvin Manhoof don't hit. Like, I don't think he's ever fought anyone that hits as hard as him. You could say Jimmy Manawa, but no. No, 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 no. No way. No way. All right. But, you know, he could also just be out-wrestled the whole entire time. Okay. That's enough of that. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, so let's go ahead and break down the main event. We got Thiago Santos versus Clover Teixeira, a fight that's been long in the long in the making, long in the happening. All right, fifteen minutes. Yeah, fourteen thirty. Long, long awaited, and I think it's a great matchup, especially for Thiago, coming off of his last fight in two thousand nineteen against John. So from John, he probably had a lot of surgeries he had to go through. He had a lot of injuries to recoup from that fight. And before that, remember, he knocked out Jan. He stopped him hard. He knocked out Jimmy Manawa. He knocked out Eric Anders. He decisioned Kevin Holland. He was on a one, two, three, four, four fight win streak and a win over the current champion. So um, if, if he beats Glover... After the Adesanya fight, guess he's fighting again? Thiago. But he has to make it decisive as fuck. Because in the light heavyweight division, there's not a lot. However, oh. However, 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 yeah. Um, and Chiago's number one. The only person that's in between Chiago and Glover is Dominic Reyes, and Jan's already beat him. So it's really a fight for these two. 
I think since light heavyweight kind of has a funnel, even though it's pretty, uh, I mean, Jerry Projak, uh, the guy from Risen, Risen that's coming up, that came over and knocked out Vulcan, he and Dom are now matched up. So the UFC's done a good job of set up light heavyweight, next contender, the next contender fight, and now they have the next light heavyweight fight, which is Israel versus Jan. Now, what kind of president or what kind of like situation does this make? Well, if Israel wins, he's light heavyweight champion. You know he's going to fight John. So it kind of gives light heavyweight the same treatment that middleweight had, and who else had the who else is They're more like light heavyweight, and who else went up? Bantamweight. It's going to be a very Bantamweight kind of situation because there's no way Israel's going to fight. I mean, he might, but his true fight is going to be with John. If he can beat Jan, he gets that John fight. Now, if Israel moves up to light heavyweight, does that mean he fights the winner of Glover Chiago? Who knows because they're going to be waiting a long time. Um, that's where this fight's weird, where if Glover or Chiago win, I don't know if that means they fight the winner of the, whoever the winners fight, Jiri of Dom, which I would love to see Chiago versus Dom Reyes, but still, you know, and, or Jiri, Jiri versus Chiago or Dom versus Glover. It sets up a lot of good little things in there. Then there's the question of Alexander Rakic. It's all weird now since Israel has been thrust into this light heavyweight matchup. As for Glover, though, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's never left the top 10 in five years, 10 years, five years. I would say five years. Uh, He's on a three-fight winning streak, four-fight winning streak. Of like young, five fight winning streak. Of like young guys. Oh wait, no four fight winning streak. Um, Carl Robinson, Ion Kutalaba, uh, Nikita Krilov, and of course Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith not so young, but young age wise compared to Glover. And now he's going against Chago Santos. Now where I do see. Glover having the advantage would be in his grappling and the pressure that he brings. Thiago suffers a little bit from people when they put pressure on him because he's such a powerful striker that if you give him even an inch, he's going to take advantage and throw hard and heavy and get you the fuck out of there. But if you pressure him, just like Eric Anders tried to do for five rounds, you could have success for four of those fucking rounds. I mean, at least Anders did. For Glover, if you can put the pressure that he did on Anthony Smith... And Anthony Smith's a bigger light heavyweight as far as frame-wise compared to Glover. Glover hits like a light heavyweight. Where Diego Santos, he has the bigger frame and he hits like a light heavyweight. Anthony Smith, I don't think he has the same knockout power that a Glover or Thiago does. But Thiago can't sleep on the fact that Glover's going to come in and throw heat with those hands. And he can add in the grappling. 
not saying that Chiago doesn't have the same grappling credentials, but that's where the experience of Glover's style and Glover in general is going to take over. Chiago focuses on big strikes, big punches, big kicks. If someone tries to take you down, stop it, get back up. Big strikes, big punches, big kicks. Glover works from all angles. Take down, top pressure. If someone tries to take you down, he works on sweeps. He works on submissions from the bottom. So there's a chance that Glover's just experience and being 41 in a higher weight class can show a little bit of an advantage because you can still carry power. You can. It gives you time to work on that technique that you've been getting good at for so long. And like he did in the Anthony Smith fight, he just proved his veteran savvy. And Glover's fought John as well. Like, you're talking about a guy that's fought the best guys in the light heavyweight division, and he's beaten most of them. And the only ones that he's really lost to, John, Gus, Anthony, jo- Anthony Johnson, And Corey, well, Corey's not even fighting in the UFC. So you look at those guys, and Anthony Johnson, coming back to fight, was number three in the world. Gus was number three in the world, and John was number one in the world. That's it. He's not lost to the other, I mean, besides Corey. Once again, knows him. When you give him anyone else that's not of that caliber, and we're going to see what caliber Thiago is, I mean, he is number one. He fought Jones, but to me, he's been knocked out by heavy boxers before. He got knocked out by um, of David Branch at middleweight. Yes, he had to suck down to get there, so that probably led to getting knocked out. But, like I said, Eric Anders, to me... If he had success for as long as he did, uh, the third round, the end of the third round, I think Glover can ex- can be that guy that. Let's see, actually, the odds. I I feel like Glover can be that guy that exploits those little holes. Now, the reason why this isn't really worth betting on is because. Tiago hits like a fucking Mack truck. But Tiago is the... Uh, he's the... He's the favorite. So, my underdog pick is the main event. Here you guys go. I would put my money on Glover. The reason being is if this makes you feel even an ounce better. Glover's been working with Alexander Pejera. And Alexander Pejera is the last guy to knock out Israel Adesanya, glory champion, um light heavyweight champion in glory, arguably one of the best strikers of all time, and he fights identically but more technically to Thiago Santos. He's long, lanky, hits hard as fuck, same kind of frame, heavy power, definitely better technically, and is working on his MMA as well, so it's a, you know, two sides of the same coin. And him working on his tech, and, you know, I'm not saying, uh, I would argue Chago has way better ground defense and ground game than uh, Alex Pajeda. 
But they're both – and when I say they're better, it's just like let's say they both start a race doing the same drill for grappling. Pajeda's going to time out quicker than Santos is because Santos' technique's better, so it's going to be able to help him carry through through later rounds of doing the same tech, same kind of like – let's say the drill is both of you get – Get a t- uh, get up from a takedown off the cage. So someone pulls you off the cage, they take you down. Get up. Tiago's takedown defense techniques are going to allow him to be more efficient and get up more times than Pajeda's because Pajeda's going to use straight-up explosive um, athleticism and strength to get up multiple times, maybe use a little bit of technique. That's what he's working with Glover with or Glover for. And he's going to gas earlier. However, Glover's techniques on the ground of being able to hold and dominate and take the back and do all these different things. And his takedowns and top pressure, his techniques are even at a higher level than I think Chiago's. So Chiago, Chiago using the time to get up and try to use the techniques to stand up. I think Glover's experience and technical savvy are going to, fill those cracks, and actually gas Chiago out earlier. This is all a big what-if unless Chiago Santos lands a big-ass body shot and calls it a night. But I think this is definitely worth betting on the underdog. Also, Glover versus Israel Adesanya, not a bad fight. You know, if Izzy wins, Glover versus Jan, great fight. We've never seen it before. I'm 100% in for it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Glover versus Izzy. And what a way for Glover to go out if that was to accumulate, if that was to all happen, even though it probably won't. But if it was, you know, Glover last fight against a guy who's charismatic and let's say he de- he beats John and then he fights Glover to retain his light heavyweight championship and Glover makes a ton of money and then he's like I'm out I was supposed to be the next Chuck Liddell it's kind of fucked up though like is he kind of just whatever but I think it's worth betting on Glover. I just think it is. I just think it is. But I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Uh, I will put down in the comments what time the breakdown starts. Uh, I will be back on Monday to do the whole breakdown analysis. I will be back on Monday, and I know my promise is worth shit, but it's okay. Because you can follow everything about us at SouthernScrapNation.com. Sunscrap Nation on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or social media as well. Facebook, Instagram, da-da-da-da-da-da. Sunscrap Nation. SunscrapNation.com. Sunscrap Nation. I hope you guys enjoy the fights this weekend, and I hope you guys stay safe and take care. Peace.